All right, let's welcome everybody back to a brand new episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, episode 544. 544, man. How you doing, TJ? Doing well, man. How are you? Good. You're getting the hang of the podcast. Yeah. You're sticking around. I'm learning here. how to podcast. <laughs> you haven't uh, quit on me yet. Nope. You... Still got my training wheels on, figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Today on the podcast, Kaz Green joins us. Uh, he's been a Facebook friend of mine for a little while. Decided to bring him on the podcast, find out his story, find out what he's uh, got going on. He has such an interesting story, and I actually feel like we just skimmed the surface with him. Oh, for sure. I feel like uh, we need to get him back on here and dig a little bit deeper. Uh, but today we talked about his broadcasting career. We talked about his voiceovers. We talked about him being the voice of the Utah Warriors rugby. Mm-hmm. Which Have you been to a rugby game? No, season? I didn't even know we had a rugby team here in Utah until he brought it up. Yeah, no, I definitely have to go check out a rugby yeah, game. For sure. But uh, Cos Green joins us. Uh, IamSaltLake.com is the website for the podcast where you can go and download all the back episodes. You can subscribe on the website and you can also share your favorite episodes with your family and friends right there from the website as well. Yeah. If there's anyone you want us to interview or talk about, let us know. Absolutely. How can people uh, connect with you, TJ? Yeah, you guys can honestly shoot me a text or give me a call at 801-694-1733 or uh, shoot me an email at TJ at MyCCMortgage or even better, give me a follow on Instagram, TJ Mortgage, and uh, shoot me a DM. Give me a call, 801-244-2908. Give me a call, shoot me a text, or you can follow me at Utah Realtor Chris on Instagram. Connect, follow. Uh, in whatever you do, just get in touch. Cause I tell people, I say, you know, there's no point to listen to this podcast if you're not going to talk to us, right? Exactly. I there you know. go. Anyways, cause green is on this uh, episode. Like I said, let's get into it. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, here we go. Anyway, you ready to party TJ? I'm ready. All right. Let, we'll, we'll get chatting. I want to start right with broadcasting. What got you into broadcasting? This face. That face. I have, I have a face for radio. When I first walked in at reception, <laughs> T, I walked in and TJ was like, you must be Cos Green. You have a face for radio. <laughs> and I was like, that, the, wow, what that. a way to start, TJ. <laughs> so no, I started uh, right out of high school, actually. So the day after high school graduation, I started knocking doors in Salt Lake and had my first radio gig the day after high school graduation. And you grew up in Utah, right? I did. Right on. So knocking doors, like literally knocking on doors, knocking on doors, to... went to all the radio stations. I started okay, knocking so on radio doors. Station and, is, yeah. is where you started knocking. Yeah, I just on... knocked on some doors and said, "I'm here to start my career in radio." And had an internship at the third place I knocked on, and the rest is history. So what? What made you want to get into radio, though? Like, you know what? That it's ambition, a darn to get... voice. Okay, the voice in my head, and the one that didn't sound like myself. Right. I just knew that that's something I wanted to do. So I actually, uh, interesting little story since we're telling stories sure. and there's people out there that know I'm a storyteller. So they're like, (laughs) cause will tell us a story about this. So between my junior and senior year in high school, I started DJ and dances like everybody, right back. But that's back TJ. We had these little things called 45s. Maybe you've seen him on Wikipedia or Google. <laughs> I'll have to Google it right TJ's now. TJ's too young to know what a 45 <laughs> was. So anyway, I started playing music, yeah. but music's easy, to be candid with you. So I wanted to do something a little harder. So I wanted, I started in news. And so the first day of high school, I went to Hillcrest High School, class of 84, go Huskies. Yep, yeah, except it's woo, woo. they're Huskies. <laughs> and uh, I remember I set an appointment with Mr. Schick. He was the principal. And so they called me out of class and go see Mr. Schick. And I sat down with Delmar Schick and I said, Mr. Schick, we don't have a radio station here like many high schools do. So I'm going to be in on, on the radio after high school. So, you know, let's get creative, whatever experience you think you can give during my senior year, let's, let's get creative. And he said, well, let me think about it. So a couple of days later, he called me out of class and we're sitting there in his office and coach Don Gust, who is the athletic director was in the meeting he said, Coach Gus and I have been talking about it. What if you're the school announcer? And so I became the announcer and I did football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, track, everything the school had to announce. And that's where it all started. No training, Hmm. nothing. There, you know, there was no YouTube back then, but there were a couple of books at the library that talked about it. (laughs) A couple books. You know, talked about just your voice and a few things. And so I started doing sports and still do sports today. So I started in the booth doing high school football and 
We were talking about this in the pre-show. So I'm the voice in stadium at Zions Bank Stadium for the Utah Warriors pro rugby team. Hmm. And well, a lot of people don't know we have a major league rugby team in town. But that's how I started. It was there was no opportunity. Okay. So I went to Mr. Schick and said, You created Teach me. the opportunity. Yeah. So let's let's create opportunities. So that's I got into live sports by doing it that way. And then one week out of high school, I got with KTOC, 6.30 a.m., had a great news director who, despite my age, just threw me out there. So my first stories were the Olympic torch coming through in 1984. I got to spend a couple days with President Reagan. I actually had to get credentialed and the whole thing and be in the room with Ronald Reagan when he came through the American Legion Convention. And I mean, I was 17 years old. It was like going to the moon. Yeah. But what a great experience. So that's how I started in radio was... I just heard the voice say, this is what you want to go do. And so you go create those opportunities. I've always done that in my life. I just go create the opportunities. If they don't exist, go make them happen. Dude, I love it. And you mentioned a few things like the Utah Warriors rugby and even Ronald Reagan. I want to come back to that. So let's put a a little pin. Let's put that over here in the parking lot then. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. He's got, so TJ's for you at home. This isn't video. He's got his little post-its out he's yeah. putting yeah, things on yeah, the parking sure. lot up there it up right now <laughs> so how long were you at k-talk radio then so i was there for about two and a half years and then i uh, went over to ireland and actually did afternoon drive in dublin and is that why you went to ireland of, was for well, i actually went on an lds mission okay. i didn't go right when i was 19 because i didn't think i needed to but then i eventually did and Again, had an epic experience over there because, of course, I knocked doors for six months. And then my mission president, he was actually assistant to the president of CBS before he came over. Make a long story short, he heard about some of the things I'd done here in the States. And so for the next year and a half on my mission, all I did was radio, TV, and live comedy shows, my whole mission. Really? Yep. So now, though... You don't do any broadcast radio. You're doing your own thing. You got a YouTube channel and your own podcast, right? I do. And I do a, a, a bunch of different things as far as broadcast, but they're more okay, paid so, voiceover. So you still do. I still, uh, I'm still involved in TV and radio. So what, how are you involved in t- TV Just and Just more as a paid voice. Like, like, give me some examples. Tell me about some stuff. I voice for channel two. And then there's a number of services on the internet where people reach out and contract me uh, and audio I, books the audible books you i'm do that. a voice of audible so i probably listen to some books maybe, maybe so yeah yeah under some pseudo name <laughs> i do a great female british actress do you really no um, <laughs> I was TJ's say, going like, over here, man. The hip, the hip waiters are on and the shovels are out. That's right. hilarious. The TJ's all nervous over so here. So what do you do for Channel 2 then? So although I'm just using that as an example. Okay. So they have producers that yeah. need things voiced and they'll reach out. And I'm just using that as an example. There's many. Okay. But locally, let's let's just say a local TV station would say, here's a script, voice it, send us the MP3, we'll match it with the video and away we go. Because what we were talking again before we started recording about like doing a podcast today versus is being on the radio, right? Like you can get a bigger reach. Yes. You got a bigger audience. Yeah. Back when I started, you had to get your FCC license. I mean, you had to take a test. You had the little piece of paper. You had the card in your wallet, the whole thing. I don't have a card. I mean, what qualifies anybody to do a podcast? Nothing. 995 and a username and password to put it up on, you know, LibSync. Other than that, what does it take? And that's why most podcasts are garbage. Well, what's Not interesting? Most, maybe most. Okay, yeah, most. Okay, if most of, means ninety-eight yeah. percent, then most. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's why I am Salt Lake and the Cosgreen Audio Experience are unique. They're they're in the two percent. The two. Well, yes, the top one percent of the top one percent. We watched the YouTube video to, to, that says how to make one, so we're yeah, good. So yeah, <laughs> we're qualified. <I'm> qualified. <laughs> I took a seminar on Saturday for nineteen dollars online and got a little certificate, so I'm therefore there qualified. <laughs> I did that with my life coach course on Saturday for nineteen dollars too. So. so what made you want to do a podcast though? Well, that's like saying what makes you want to breathe, right? Once you're in broadcasting for all those years. So I've been in media for 35 years. So it's like, there's just that natural extension of let's capture some of these chats that I have with people and make them available for others. So I'm a little different in my approach to the podcast. So I took a whole year off. I know you drop an episode a week, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I was dropping an episode a week, but coming out of COVID, I was producing a lot of virtual events for charities. We raised about a million dollars for charity in 2020. Because of my background in TV, I was producing virtual events. 
people couldn't go have the rubber chicken at the Sheraton for the fundraiser. So I would go into local studios here. We'd put together a whole show, kind of like a Jerry Lewis telethon type. Okay. And then there'd be people at home and they'd donate. We raised a lot of money for charities, for charities that otherwise could not have events during COVID. And we didn't skip a beat. Wow. Okay. So there's just a lot of things that have that Utah connection. So. But you took a year off from your podcast yeah, during I did. that time? You know what? Because I got to be candid with you. And because you're part of the 2%, Chris, you'll, you'll get this. Post, well, even during the pandemic, if you think about it, in what was it? April of 2020, there was like 400,000 podcasts. Yeah. On, on Spotify yeah, yeah. and Apple. And then there and was over a million. Yeah, and then by September, there was 1.3 million, right? Yeah. And the average podcast doesn't make seven episodes. Exactly. They get to about four, and then they fizzle out and realize, good night, this is work. It just felt like everybody and their dog was doing podcasts. And so it was you like, I don't want to sound yeah. like that. I don't want to sound like that guy that has to do it and have one drop every week for me. It wasn't about me. So I just do them when I feel like it. And when I have a good guest or whatever, I don't have any commercial purposes to my interviews. So you don't have sponsors that you have to like, uh, you know, fulfill and stuff like that, because a lot of people don't realize, right? They think, oh, if I, you know, make a lot of money for my podcast and get sponsors and do this stuff. Well, if you get sponsors, you got to show up every week. And you better increase your reach, your downloads yeah. better increase. It's all about the metrics, right? Yeah. So and you're doing it strictly for fun. I'm doing it strictly to build a relationship with my guests. Yeah. Because what better to build, what better way to relate, build a relationship with someone than spend an hour with them, asking them questions, getting to know them. It's like taking them out to lunch. We talked about this. This is just three boys at lunch getting to know each other better. That's how I looked at my podcast. It's me just meeting someone, spending an hour with them. And I can say without reservation, anybody who's ever been a guest on my show is a dear friend today. Isn't that rad how that works out that way? Like, I so think about mean all when the you stop I've and changed. listen yeah. to people, they actually become your wow. Yeah. What a concept. They should teach that. They should teach us that if we just listen to each other, relationships grow. Don't, we should keep that a secret. Because that's, that's radical. Well, no, thinking. but think about it though, right? How often do you reach out to somebody and you say, hey, let's just go chat for an hour? They're going to be like, get out of here. I don't got time for that. But if you say, hey, come on my podcast. People are going to come on, usually. And you're going to invite the people that resonate with you anyway. The way I liken it is imagine that I had a tuning fork in the note of C, right? If I pound that on the table and I walk into the other room where there's a grand piano and I lift the lid to the piano and I hold that note of C over the piano, what's going to happen to the note of C in that piano? It will resonate. Not the note of A. Not the note of B, not the note of G, C. So if I reach out to the right people with who and what I am, it will resonate or not. Exactly. And if it fits, great. If not, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. We're not a fit. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So is there like a, like a topic of your podcast or is it just anybody Whatever. and everybody? It's who strikes my fancy as wanting to learn their story. Okay. Yeah, so I don't have some master list. I'll listen to an audio book or do somebody's audio book because I produce books for other authors and things. And I'll be like, I want to get to know that person better. So and you mentioned YouTube. So do you start YouTube or podcasting first? So what I do, it's a little different, is my podcast is a video. Cool. On cause.tv. And then I take the audio version of that, repurpose it for the for Perfect. the podcast. So it's a TV show. But mm-hmm. then it becomes the audio. Why don't you think more radio stations podcast? Why don't they? Well, no, I, I mean, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Because so much of the traditional media just doesn't get it. Yeah. They don't get it. They're, they're going the way of the buggy whip. I mean, think about what just happened with Joe Rogan when they said, let's, let's, let's cancel Joe Rogan from Spotify. What's happened to his numbers? Gone up. Are they absolutely stupid? Traditional media does not get it. That's why when you think of, say, a CNN, I mean, think, think, look at CNN Plus. Sorry, but let's all tap on their grave. You know, I, I made money on cable TV for years. And CNN put th- what, one, a third of a billion dollars, just over $300 million into the creation of CNN Plus. It lasted one month. They got 10,000 subscribers. 
That's traditional media trying to hold on to say, this is how we do it. No one cares. You can get more viewers and listeners than CNN primetime. It's because we have a global reach, a worldwide Absolutely. reach. Absolutely. Right? And content is king, not, not the distribution channel. Yeah. It's content is king. Content matters, not, not the distribution channel anymore. Well, you used to have to own a radio tower to have the pulpit, so to speak. Now all you need is three microphones, a Zoom recorder, and an internet connection. Well, you don't even need that. You can buy a $50 microphone, plug it into your laptop, start your own your podcast by your, right. or your phone. <laughs> you just exactly. record it off your phone and do well, it. Well, you know, people say that, though. I, 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 you I and I both I know 2%. that. <laughs> the, the problem with phones, and I'm going to say this just for the recording's sake, is the quality is usually garbage. Although... This little iPhone here can cre- can create a better sound than I ever could when I started in radio <laughs> with hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. Now, are you re- you're recording it right now on your phone? Well, I'm just checking my levels. Okay. Now, what is it, what app is that that you're using? Oh, just a recorder app so that when I get in the car, I can listen to this and say, gosh, buddy, you, you got to put your syllables together a little better. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I just always listen to myself, right? For self-evaluation, but is that is that something you really do do a lot? Oh, absolutely. Because I know a lot of people any recording I ever don't do, like I go to back. go back and listen to their podcasts and stuff like that. Why is, Why that, we, is it weird for you to hear so, your own voice? Yeah, I'm a human being, so no one likes their own voice, right? Eh, I've gotten used to mine. Well, you've gotten used to it, but you I, you sound different to me than you do in your own head. True. So we we are what we are, but I will go back and listen to things just like if I was. Playing rugby, I'd go back and watch the film. If, if I make my living from my voice or the way I speak or whatever, why wouldn't I try to improve? I got to go back and watch the film. Yeah. So somebody who says they have a podcast and never listens to their podcast, what are they afraid of? I, I think people are very critical. Well, good. You know? Just like if I'm going to go take a golf lesson, he's going to video record my golf swing and we're going to improve on it. I think it goes both ways because then you hear like the, I mean, not to bring up, I mean, Johnny Depp. He never watches any of his films, and he's arguably one of the best actors we have out there. Wow, that's I think true. It goes both but ways. Yeah, his method works for yeah, him, right? Yeah, you got to find something that works, works for you. you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird how it swings. And maybe LeBron never watches tape of yeah, himself either. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Somebody will watch it for him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and the, and this notion that we don't need to be coachable at a certain level—that's that's not true. When did Michael Jordan have the best coaches of his life? When he was winning six championships with Phil Jackson, we never stop getting coached. We never stop improving. I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday and better tomorrow than I am today. If I'm not doing that and I'm focused on constant, never ending improvement, I might as well stop doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because you never arrive. And the minute you stop growing, you're dead. As long as you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you start to rot. So stay green, stay teachable, stay humble, stay coachable. You've never arrived. I don't care who you are. So how'd you get the gig with Utah Warriors rugby? No, now that's a funny story. Let's talk about that. Did you like rugby beforehand? I I knew nothing about rugby. (laughs) Seriously, you knew nothing. When when I got the nod, I I had to go uh, buy rugby for dummies. And I'm like, oh, how, how difficult can rugby be, right? So... I ordered rugby for dummies and the book came. And you was, really did order I this. ordered rugby for dummies. Okay. Because it was written for me. It said rugby for cause. But they had scratched <laughs> out cause and put dummies. So I get the book and I'm thinking it's going to be this little high school rule book, right? Because I've done all kinds of other sports. The book's this thick. And then when you watch rugby and you listen to a referee talking to the boys on the field, you realize not even the players know the rules. And the referees explaining things to them, what they can and can't do and how they should do it. So it's, it, there's a joke, and it's actually very true. It's a hooligans game played by gentlemen. The thing I love about rugby is it, 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 it's rough. It's tough, right? You go to a Real game, no, no dissing here on if you're soccer fans. But, you know, they get brushed across the leg going for a ball or something, and they're down, and they're crying, and they bring out a stretcher and everything. These guys come some... You know, go to warriorsrugby.com. We have a few matches left this year. These guys get their clocks cleaned. Yeah. And they jump right up and away they go with no break in the action. So it's a funny story, though. So a good friend of mine, John Absey, he was the Jazz Bear for 25 years. He was in a meeting. They were talking about that they needed a new announcer for the Warriors. So he said, I got the guy. 
So I was actually recording an Audible book at the time. And during my break, I looked at my phone and it said, John Absey, four missed calls. And I'm like, ah, call him back later. So a little later I check and it's like, John Absey, six missed calls. And so I called him back and I said, you didn't leave a voicemail. He goes, no, 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 no. I didn't need to leave a voicemail. I had recommended you as the announcer for the Warriors And so I gave your phone number to the principal people who are making the decision. They were calling your voicemail. That was your audition. You have the gig. Because they heard your voicemail. My outgoing voicemail message was my audition. (laughs) Wow. Dude, that, you know, that's actually an incredible story because it goes to show you don't know who's listening and when they're listening. Exactly. In fact, one person that got this is my daughter. She's very shy. She's an aquarist at the... Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. And when she was getting her internship, she said, Dad, will you help me do my outgoing voicemail message on my phone? And as soon as I get the internship, then I'm going to go back to you've dialed 801-244-6300. Cause she knew someone was going to call her to set up the interview for the internship. And that outgoing message for that 20 seconds is an audition. So if you're in real estate, you're in mortgages, that 20 seconds counts because in communication, everything counts, whether it's positive or negative, nothing is neutral. Even when we went to dinner last night, Chris, and you looked at me when I ordered that third piece of cheesecake and I said, ah, this doesn't count. No, everything counts. (laughs) Nothing is neutral. Everything you say, everything you do communicates a message and is your brand and everything So everything counts, even that voicemail message. So if I'm calling a professional and the voice comes on, you've reached 801-244-6300. What does that say about you? How serious are you about your profession? Everything counts. You're going to do my voicemail now? No, because you've got a face for radio too. You'll do your own. You'll do your own. Yeah. That's cool, actually. I've never really thought about it from that way. So everything, everything you do, every post matters, every voicemail you leave. So when I was in hiring in national television, I would have people that would call me to follow up on job interviews or different things we were doing. And I would see the call coming in and I would not answer on purpose. I wanted it to go to voicemail. Now I can listen to that voicemail. How well did they communicate on voicemail? If they stuttered and stammered and uh, 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 that's how they're going to communicate. But if they were crisp and concise and clean, that said a lot about them. Everything is an audition. Every single day we're auditioning for things. Now, because of my background in radio and TV and acting and everything, I know what it's like to go to an audition. Yeah. And you can put it on. But everything you do is an audition. Every single day, you have no idea who can lead you to somebody else that can do something for you. Or hire you to do something. Everything we do is an audition. People are weird about voicemail, though. Some people Why? don't like to. I, and I, I don't know. I, I actually like voicemail because to me, the point can usually be expressed really quick on a voicemail. You don't, you don't have to necessarily. Some people get very lengthy with conversations. Sure. So if they leave a voicemail, hey, a minute and a half, you're done with that voicemail. Or, you know, and some people, like I... Did you guys feel that tremor? <laughs> Man, there was this big noise, like the whole room moved. <laughs> Don't edit that, Chris. Let them know that we had a slight earthquake here in South Jordan today. They'll go on and on and on, right? Yeah. So you've got one extreme or you've got people. I don't know. How, how do we get into voicemail etiquette on a podcast? But anyway, some people also. Well, they're like mini podcasts, though. That's Voicemails true. are like mini well, podcasts. Well, but to your point, if you're always communicating with someone, like my little brother. Yeah. He'll call, get my voicemail. He doesn't leave a message because I see it's a missed call. I call him back. Sure. He doesn't need to say, hey, will you call me? Well, those are the worst voice messages because you're like, I already saw that you called. Right. So, but my point is if you're trying to develop a commercial or even just personal relationship with someone, that 15, 20 second voicemail can be golden. I have saved voicemails from people. On my phone right now, I've got voicemails from several years ago. Because somebody left me a voicemail that was so poignant, was so powerful for me. From time to time, I'll go back and listen to it. And I've been told my voicemail messages have been saved. Everything counts, people. Nothing is neutral. And as long as we realize that, we'll be a little more strategic in our thinking and how we communicate with others. 
Puts a lot of things into yeah. perspective, man. I've never no really... pressure, people. I think. I mean, I no think pressure. we're in the, the age of attention. I mean, with social media and everything, it's, it goes the same way. That first Squirrel. first few seconds, right? Right? Yeah. You got. It's three so seconds. easy to swipe. Yeah. So a voicemail message. You've got five seconds to capture their attention. But what if you do? Right. That's mm-hmm. that's you. And it's not what you do, and it's not who you say. It's who you. It's not what you do or what you say that resonates with people. It's who you are. Yeah, because people do not remember the words you say; they remember the feeling they had in that mm-hmm. interaction with you. And a voicemail message can do that. So, is it positive or negative? Is it an asset or a liability to you? Well, you know what? I, I oftentimes try to even film a record a video in, instead of filming uh, or leaving a voicemail. Exactly, because it's just adding on even more. Sure. Do you ever do that? Like, get, just use your phone camera to send only like, a for video? certain very special people. Yeah. There's there a connection go. there. That yeah, I've, there I've is. Noticed. Well, there for a while, a lot of people were doing that in business and okay. then they got lazy and they went away from it. And so most recently in trying to develop, uh, you know, deeper relationships with certain people, I've incorporated using video with someone and it's made a huge difference. Yeah. But it's not something I do all the time as a business strategy. It was more of a, you know, a tool because it was, it was, it had a lot, it meant a lot to me to communicate on that level, but you know, if, if in communication, the meaning of communication, we think so much of it's all about the words. I was working mm-hmm. with a, a coaching, a person who does a lot of TV here. And so I'm their coach. And a few months ago, when we first sat down, we just did a simple exercise. And I said, in the communication process, how much of communication meaning is gathered from three areas? The words you say, how you say it, or what you don't say. Let's just say it's a pie. Yeah. How much how much impact do you think comes from the words you say? And they and they're they're in the legal field. So they said, oh, 90%. It's all about the words. You have to craft your words perfectly, right? It's all about the words. And how you use your voice is probably important too, but then very little for anything else. They had it backwards. And once they realized this, they changed their whole communication style. Because the words you use are only 7% of the meaning of communication. is your vocal range, your inflection, your tonality, your volume, your pacing and everything. And 55% is nonverbal. So who you are speaks so loudly, I can't understand a word you're saying. So it's nonverbal. Okay, so here we are in an audio podcast, strip nonverbal out. That's basically saying that 90% of it's my voice and how I talk and how I use my voice and all those things. And 7%, maybe 14% is the words. Yeah. But people get caught up on that it's all about the words. But remember, people don't remember the words. They remember the feeling after you're gone. So yes, choose your words carefully because you can have a crappy vocabulary and they'll remember that. But it's still how they felt as a result of the communication with you. There's a quote that goes something like that with people remember how they made you feel or something like that. You know, I forgot what the quote Yeah, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. That's where human connection happens. And that's probably what's happening in this world to our detriment, but is also the greatest opportunity for people in business is the power of the human relationship. We become so high tech, we become so high tech that we're not doing the low touch. And relationships are built with high touch, not high tech. If you really want to develop a relationship with someone, go back to the basics of low tech, high touch. Right? We're so focused on trying to be efficient that we're high tech, high tech, high tech. And, and there's no high touch. I would much rather have a deep, meaningful relationship with 10 people than a very superficial relationship with 5,000 people, right? And, and, and we're being conditioned to that in the world today. Oh, I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook, and I can only have 5,000 because that's what Zuckerberg limited my account to, right? But if I'm on another platform, I've got hundreds of thousands of followers. Okay, but let's be honest. Current research says that the average American today does not have one close friend. Exactly. What a tragedy. So think of it this way. Who's going to be your pallbearers? 
probably your cousins or your, you know, somebody that's in your family. That's well, I obligated. won't, I won't need pallbearers cause I'll be cremated and dumped out of the window of an airplane that my nephew or son-in-law can drop off. But I mean, that's a, that's a sobering thought when mm-hmm. all life is, comes to an end. And by the way, we're not taking any of this with us, right? Cause there's no U-Hauls behind any hearse last time I checked, but who's going to be your pallbearer? Who's going to be at your funeral? Your 5,000 friends from Facebook? Most of them don't even care about you. No. So you said that this is, you know, this is a podcast. This is where I'm going to call bullshit. That, that thinking is bullshit. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna die lonely if you don't at least have a couple of people that you could call at 4 o'clock in the, in the morning if something was going on. I mean, if think of it not just as your pallbearer. If your car broke down at 4 o'clock in the morning, who are you going to call? TJ. There TJ. You go. I'm going to call TJ now. Yeah. Well, but you know, most people, <laughs> most don't, people don't have those people. Well, it's tough. That's a shame. How do you even make friends anymore? Right? Like, okay. So how art, do we, the art of making friends is, is lost, but that's bullshit. No, I agree. Nothing has changed. How did we make friends as cavemen? Well, it's because we've gotten to the point where it's like, you can just go online and say, add friend to add friend. That's oh, not a friend. I'm just saying though, that's what we've been conditioned then we have to redefine it, okay? Yeah. So I was on a podcast on Monday, and we got into this, and this this is not a business topic, but it was the great Jimi Hendrix who said, well, we, we will become great when the love of power is replaced by the power of love. That still is the answer in today's world. Your ability to love others and to be lovable. So we've heard it said, I've taught it to my kids, right? If you want to have a friend, you must first be a friend, be a friend. So if you want to be loved, you have to first, what? Be, be lovable. Be lovable. How many people are not even lovable these days? A lot. Right? Yeah. And you know, I've had multiple marriages. I mean, if you add them all together, I've been married 27 years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, marriage it's year. no secret. Um, but I learned from every single one of those situations and that's made me into the person that I am. And so I don't look at any of my past relationships, whether it's those types of situations or business or anything else as failure. Cause you've learned something. This is the perfect classroom. Yeah. Life is. And so if I can look at everything through the lens of love, now we're on a podcast, free, three brothers here. It's not like I'm trying to develop brotherly love here today. But if I at least came into this with, I'm going to develop two new relationships with people. I don't know how I can help you in the future, whatever. But I, I want to love others and be lovable. Imagine the world we'd live in, but we're so pitted against each other. You don't believe what I believe and you're wrong. And I'm going to convince you to believe what I do. No, just somebody got it right about 2000 years ago. Just love one another. If we just did that, then this is not some gospel thing because this is not religious. This is just a human principle, whether it's what the Buddha taught or anybody else. We just need to have mutual respect for each other. Let's just start there. Why do you think we lost that? Because by nature, we're a bunch of selfish. True. I, I think it's fear of rejection. Selfs- it's totally fear. 99% of the decisions people make the are fear based. And so, out of fear, I'm going to make certain decisions and act a certain way. What if we didn't have those fears? You know, when we're born, we only have two fears the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is learned. Therefore, everything can be unlearned. So, a few years ago, when I went through my transformation, and I really mean this. So in the summer of 2009, when I didn't attempt to take my life once, but twice, but three times on the same day, and somebody had a bigger purpose for me, and I should not be here, by the way, but there was a higher purpose, and those, those uh, efforts were thwarted, I, I came to the understanding of, of why I'm here. Um, everything changed. It really did. But life is a classroom, and every opportunity is to learn and grow. We don't win or lose. We, we win or we, we learn. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like And that. I lost my thought that I was going into that, why I shared that. So we all go through the dark nights of the soul. We go through our personal hells, but that doesn't need to define us. That doesn't need to be our story. Oh, woe is me because, you know, I had a horrible marriage 15 years ago, or I went through this five years ago. Yeah, you and me and everybody else, we've been through stuff, right? So 
have I had failed relationships? No, I had the perfect teacher in my life at that perfect time who taught me certain things. Did it end in a happily ever after? Nope. Some people get it right the first time. Some people don't get it right the fifth time. Doesn't define who I am. My story doesn't not need to be my story. A chapter in my life doesn't need to be my life. You can go through hell, but how quickly do you get out of it? And what's your trajectory out of it? You're going to use that as an excuse and be a victim? I am so blown away when I talk to people that are still living in the past. When we live in the past, we become senile. When we're living too far in the future, we're on someday aisle. Someday I'll do this. Someday I'll do that. How about you were just happy right now in the present with no expectations that every day is a gift? Great things can happen. You haven't always been this way, though, right? I mean, you haven't always looked Always at, been this handsome? Or? Well, looked at the positive or, or looked at every day as a gift. I'll tell you, when you, when you stare death in the face and you thought you died, so you that's, look at So that's it where your transformation was. Well, the real transformation. So here's where the transformation came. So when I went through those dark nights of the soul and I dug myself out of that, at the time that I was going through that, and then subsequently, I was 396 pounds. I was in the depths of despair for a lot of reasons, right? Within one year, I lost half my body weight. And I put just a little bit back on, and we're shedding that again. But I lost half my body weight and did things that I never thought was possible. I rode 510 miles in five event days. I skydived. I learned how to scuba dive. All those things that I said were my fears, right? And I said, well, I used them as excuses. They're fears. I can't do that. Bullshit. Yes, you can. Because like I said, we only are born with two fears, so everything else is learned, so everything else is unlearned. So tackle those fears. Realize fear is fantasized experience appearing real or false education appearing real. It's not real. It's in your head. When I jumped out of that airplane at 15,500 feet and then I landed on the ground safely without dying, something changed. Did the earth change? Did gravity change? No, my belief system changed. So during that transformation of losing all the weight and coming back from, from the depths of despair, my personal hell, a, a triple suicide attempt, all that stuff, life had new meaning. And so if I wasn't changed by that, then I didn't learn the lessons that I was here to learn. And so now I am an advocate for love. I am an advocate for peace. I'm an advocate for us just working harder as individuals to develop good relationships, to say I love you more often to the people who matter most, to say I'm sorry to the people who matter most, and even saying I'm sorry and I love you to people maybe we don't have those relationships with. But it's when we take that leap of faith that those things happen. But to your point, TJ, we're so afraid. But mm -hmm. I've been hurt before. Yep. We've all been hurt, man. We've all been hurt. Yeah. All right, we all have the scars to show it. But we have to dare greatly that if we want the rewards again, we're going to have to dare greatly and probably get burned again. But most people do suffer from that fear of failure, that fear of rejection. Yeah, they just not try. So we don't Easier. try. We'd rather yeah. just stay cooped up in the basement and draw the curtains and wonder why life sucks. Turn yeah. on Netflix. Why don't people like me? Because no. <laughs> you don't like yourself. Exactly. So you could barely be around yourself. How do you expect anybody else to want to be around you? And, and so this is where it's going to sound selfish. But you have to go to work on you. Yeah. Right? And this predominant culture here, and this is nothing about that, is, you know, you're going to be defined when you find the right person because now you'll be complete, right? One plus one will equal infinity. You have to become a naturally creative, resourceful, and whole person, period. First and foremost, independent. Then you'll go out and find someone who can have that mutual, mutually beneficial relationship with you. But if you're dependent... You're just going to marry someone who's codependent. Hmm. So we have to work on ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything to be that whole person so that we have so much more to give. I can't give you a $100 bill if I don't have one. How can I give you love, acceptance, gratitude, all those things unless I have it for myself? So I didn't just come into this philosophy in one day. This has taken... 55 years. TJ's looking at me like, 42? I know it's taken 55 years to come to this perspective, and I'm not done yet. Well, we're growing every day. We're learning every day. One would hope. Yeah. And if you're not, 
you're dying. Again, as long as we're green, we're going. When we're ripe, we start to rot. So stay green. Stay green, right? Yeah. Just like your last name. Absolutely. <laughs> so is this like, is this part of your coaching? Uh, is it more so mindset? Well, no, so... my coaching is more communications coaching, you know, how to look good on mm-hmm. camera, how to present yourself with authenticity, all those kinds of things. But obviously there's a lot of philosophy that I share in that because it's mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah, so sure. I don't coach specifically yeah. around, you know, personal authenticity, although maybe you and I will get together and you can market me doing that. TJ. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, we have some Salt Lake City questions. Yes, we ask everybody that comes through here. So, of course, we have to ask you. We have family and friends that visit us from time to time. Right? Yes. They come into town. They're visiting from out of state. They're like, give me the tour. Give me the Salt Lake City tour. Give me the Valley tour. Where do you take people to? Like what? You know, when I say the Valley, I mean, even Park City or Ogden. Is there one or two favorite places you like to take people and show off? Well, being here, of course, you have to do the proverbial Temple Square and show them the culture. But then I like to take them to the top of the tram at Snowbird. There's one I haven't heard particularly on the in the summer. So growing up as a kid, we had timeshares in in uh, in at Snowbird at Iron Blossom. I think we owned several different weeks during the year. So anybody who ever came to town, I've been up the tram so many times. They should probably name a leg after me. But I love the tram at Snowbird. It just it gives a really good feel for. So you would do so that even things. in the summertime. Well, you can't do it in the winter unless you're going to ski down. True, right? that's true. But in the summer, it's awesome because if they're fit enough, you can walk down. So that's a good experience. And if they can, at least you can ride up and ride down. So I really, I really like the the tram at Snowbird. It's fun to go out to the Salt Flats. I wouldn't go to Saltaire. I was out there recently, and that's just a mud hole. So don't take people to Saltaire. They're going to think bad things about us if we think that that's cool. Don't take them there. Or take them there, and then they'll never want to move here, right? Exactly. Tell them that's what it's like. Because everybody here. doesn't want to get exposed yeah. to the brine shrimp, and they're going to go, oh, nasty. We'll just stay in California. And you're like, yes, please do. Come visit. Bring your money. But then go back to, to California. Don't don't California my Utah. Don't move here. That's the funniest but thing. But definitely Park like, yeah. City. Uh, the Alpine Loop. It really yeah. depends on the time of year. Go down to some Red Rock country. Zion is awesome. And it's Zion, not Zion's. Just anyway, you can tell someone who's from here versus someone who visits because someone who visits here says Zion's Zion National Park. If they're from here, they say Zion's. Anyway. No, I'm trying to think back to see how I... Yeah, how have I? I don't even know now. (laughs) That's right. I mean, if you're not from here, you don't say Tooele either or Hurricane. Tooley. Leverkin. Yeah, I know. There's some strange. (laughs) But those types of places, I'm I'm more of an outdoor person. I mean, I had to learn to be an outdoor person growing up. I was not athletic. All my best friends were being from behind the mic. I didn't play the game. But I've I've learned to really love the outdoors. We have so much here. Beautiful. It's amazing when you talk to people here that have never, you know, they're like, uh, so how do you find out where all these trails are? Well, if you don't have the All Trails app on your phone and you explore some of these places, you don't even have to go very far. Bell Canyon has a great little reservoir that's an easy little hike. Oh, and they're all minutes from here. And we don't even know that. So if we're not if uh, so when you talk about people who come to visit here I know people who have come to visit here that have been to all five national parks they've been in our mountains and the people that live here don't even do that. So Well I think I think that's the case for most people oh, wherever sure, they agree. live, right? I you can live in California, you can live in Florida, you can live in New York and a lot of times you don't visit what's in your own backyard. So I would say all those, you know, you can do the Google of the top 20 things to do in Utah. And there's probably 10 I would agree with. What about favorite local eating spots? Is there any like one or two places that you just love or that you want to recommend? I probably should not have as many as I do, right? TJ's like, yeah, cause go on girth control. <laughs> so if it's Mexican, I love red iguana. <laughs> That's always a favorite. Yeah. That, when anybody comes from out of town, we go to Red Iguana if it's Mexican. Or there's actually this uh, Los Cucos over there at 106 South and State. That's a pretty good Mexican restaurant. We just met, uh, found a new one. I can't even remember what it's called. It's out on 56th West and probably about 38th South. Awesome Mexican You know, somebody was just telling me about that place, I think. That's If it's phenomenal. the same place. Maybe there's a couple there. I don't no, know. No, it's in a strip mall, but you wouldn't know it. A great place. I like the hole in the walls more than 
Dude, those are the best, though. Those little, are the best. Little mom and pop. So I used to be on the road about 47 weeks out of the year for seven straight years when I worked for a division of NBC Universal. I used to love going to all the Triple D sites when I'd go around the country. I can't eat like that now and try to be healthy, but there are so many great places. Uh, I just watched an episode of Triple D is... Remember, do you know what that is? I don't know. Guy Fieri. Oh, okay. Yeah, diners, yeah, yeah. drive-ins, yeah, yeah. and dives. No, di- okay, diners. That's, that's triple D yeah. for I, you. I've just gotcha. never heard Non-sophisticated yeah, I- TV people. <laughs> and uh, just look up some of those that have featured Guy Fieri when he's come to town here. You know, like Moochies and Pats. All those people have been on. I mean, if yeah. he's going to visit them when he's when he comes to town, maybe we should too. I love Pats. You've been to Pats yeah, barbecue? Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Pats is awesome. That was yeah. just featured recently. I saw that on Triple D. What would you change about the Valley, about Salt Lake City? If you could if you had a magic wand and you had that capability, is there anything you would change? I would make it a little more visitor friendly. And what do you mean by that? Well, I've traveled the world and I get it that we have a culture here. I get it that we have a culture here that is of the predominant faith. I get that. But when people come here, they should feel welcome here. It, you know, we've changed a lot. When the Olympics came here in 2002, we changed a lot of the liquor laws and things like that. You know, teach people correct principles and let them, let them govern themselves. So certain things should just be accessible to people. Let them make their own choices. Amen. So... I get it that the state controls the alcohol and all that, but you should, I don't drink alcohol per se. You know, I'm not a big drinker, but why, why isn't alcohol just available at Costco? I mean, why do we make it so weird? Why is it just weird here? Now I've been to, I've been to places in the South and in Texas and you know, they're dry counties. I get it. But if we believe that people can make, decent decisions then just trust people to make decent decisions don't put me under your thumb amen so let's just make it a little more accessible for us to just live life let people make their choices people will make stupid choices but let them make their stupid choices now if it affects you and i in our health or our safety that's different but who am i to impose my value system or will on you and that's virtually what they're doing really yeah and i'm not going to get into the anti-establishment but just 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 make it a more open and welcoming community because those are good people too. I'd much rather hang out with a group of tatted up bikers than go to church because some of those people are the kindest, sweetest people I've ever met. Yeah. I remember I was doing a Big Sur down outside of Monterey Bay okay. and I was riding motorcycles with a buddy and uh, he said, hey, we're going to a birthday party. So is that cool that we're going to do that after the ride? And I said, sure. And we turned the corner because I was on his Harley. He was riding a Harley. He was in his leathers and everything. And I was in my best effort to kind of look the part. We turned the corner and here's probably 150 Harley Davidsons backed into the curb down this street. And I went into that backyard and it was 300 people in leathers and tatted up. They were the kindest, sweetest, best people I've ever met. And my friend Tommy was talking about when his wife died, how all these people rallied behind him and helped him move in the middle of the night when he needed to and all that. I, I just love people. I believe in people. And I don't think it's determined by the card you carry. Yeah. So just love one another regardless I don't need, I never went anywhere in the country and said, what religion are you? And oh, I can't talk to you because you're not this religion. Come on, man. That's not what Christ taught. He was the one hanging out with the, the hookers and the thieves and he didn't judge. So who are we to do that? How can listeners of the podcast connect with you as we kind of wrap this episode up a little bit? Sure. Like what's the best ways to, to, you know, watch your content online, listen to your content email you, whatever that is, how can people uh, reach out to you, Cause? So video, you can go to cause.tv. That's cause.tv. That'll forge you to the YouTube channel. The audio is available on the Apple podcast app or Spotify, the Cause Green audio experience. And just email me, cause at causegreen.com. Let's connect. Let's open some dialogue. I love it. I believe a friend 
is just out there. To, to me, it's the old Will Rogers thing. A, a stranger's just a friend you haven't met yet. So you and don't I, know and until it, you meet him. And I tell people, hey, reach out to Cotton. Let him know you heard him on I Am Salt Lake, For right? Sure. Like say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. But yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Anything either one of you want to add before we wrap this episode so up? So when did we actually the, start this interview? Because yeah, that was just, just the that, that was right? rambling. <laughs> we just rambled for the last few minutes. No, thanks for coming on, Cause. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Pleasure it, to meet both of you. And thanks for the invite. Absolutely. I always tell people, you know, let's let's catch up down the road. See what you're up to. And I do want to say, go to warriorsrugby.com oh, yeah. if I can put in a yeah. uh, selfish plug there for the team. Most people don't know that Utah has one of the top rugby programs in the country. Most people don't know, you know, Highland High School had the national champions for years at the high school level. Larry Gelwick did such a great job at Highland. And Kimball Kerr, uh, who played rugby at BYU, brought the Warriors to town. There's 13 major league rugby teams now. Utah is one of those. WarriorsRugby.com. We've got some regular season matches still available. Last year, we missed the Super Bowl of rugby by one game. We lost in the Western Conference Finals at the LA Coliseum. We're having a little more of a rebuilding this year. Uh but we play at Zions Bank Stadium out in Harriman. It's a great venue. Go to warriorsrugby.com. Learn more about what we're doing in the world of Major League Rugby and come visit. All right. Many thanks to Kaz Green for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Kaz. That was awesome. What a cool conversation. Like, and like we said at the very beginning, never been to a rugby game, but I want to go now. Yeah, no, we have to check it out. Just to hear Kaz's voice. For sure. And reach out to Kaz. Let him know that you know you heard him on the I Am Select podcast. How can people get a hold of you, TJ, or if they need any, uh, you know, mortgages, or if they need to uh, do any of that stuff, how can people get a hold yeah, of you? Yeah, for sure. Give me a call. Shoot me a text if you have any questions about mortgages, real estate, uh, 801-694-1733. Give me a follow on, on Instagram at TJ Mortgage and shoot me a DM. And yeah. And if you're moving to Utah, if you're moving across town, or maybe you're just curious how much equity you've gotten in your home this year, give me a call, shoot me a text. and I'd love to chat. For sure. I actually just had Chris, uh, he needs to run a CMA on my house to see how how much my home's worth. So uh, (laughs) there you go. I'll do it, man. (laughs) Make sure you're subscribed. We're here every week with a brand new episode showcasing somebody, someone here in Utah doing something cool. So make sure you're following, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you connect, and we'll see you next week.